Is it Sunday yet? Almost. Welcome into the Almost Sunday Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Derek, joined by Not Your Average Joes, Joe Belner, Joe Mason. We got another great show for you today. We are going into week 11. It's the crunch time. You got to make the playoffs. Unfortunately, if you're out of it, I'm sorry. Hope you, hopefully you keep listening to hear our lovely voices each week. But we got dogs and logs. We have matchups of the week. We have uh, the, our rabbit pooper of the week. We got we to gotta hit that. We also have start and sit questions from Twitter, from Joe, and then we'll close it out with some dynasty drop-in. But first, I'll check in with my guys. How are we doing? Doing good. Uh, earlier in the week after Sunday, I was feeling real down. Uh, could hardly even look at anything fantasy football, to be honest, after uh, we had that Cooper Cup injury. Um, had him on a team that, you know, it looked pretty championship-bound. Um, all the things were really coming together. And, uh, yeah, I made a big trade today, so I'm, I'm feeling stoked about that. I'm finally starting to feel a little bit better. But, uh, yeah, no, it's crazy when you have your best player go down in fantasy, like, at this part of the season. But uh, we're rebounding. How you doing, Mason? I'm doing good. Last couple Sundays I've been a little busy where I haven't been able to sit on the couch and watch football for, like, 10 hours. So I'm definitely oh, no. going to do that this Sunday, and I can't wait. <laughs> Love we got it. no, we got no early game this week though, right? No, no Munich, no, no London, no Mexico City. The World we have Cup Mexico City on Monday. The yeah. World Cup kicks off, although it's already like what scandal ridden. Yeah, we got bri- alleged bribes going on, some slave labor building the stadiums, beer that's ninety dollars. Oh man, <laughs> that's why we. That's why I don't watch soccer. We will see how it goes. But uh, to kick off this, the show, I'm bringing out a classic. It is our spelling bee. And this week's featured theme is weekly top 12 tight end finishers. And what that means is there have been a lot of different tight ends this season who have finished in the top 12 on the week. And we're going to try to spell some this evening. So who wants to go first? Let's go first. <laughs> All right, here we go. This should be a little bit easier than uh, I'm going to try to go in order of difficulty, but some of them seem easy and maybe they are, but I just thought they might trip you up by overthinking things. My first one was the new and current New York Giants tight end who uh, finished in the top 12, barely, and that is Lawrence Cager. Can you spell Lawrence Cager, Joe Mason? First and last. Lawrence Cager, first and last. Um, uh, well, I'm going to guess Lawrence L-A-W. Is that already wrong? No, it's not. <laughs> I'm just good? like, okay. it's, it's actually not that hard, but because okay. you probably never see this guy's name, I just was wondering if you'd be able to spell yeah. it. I think so, I got it. L-A-W-R-E-N-C-E, Lawrence. Uh, Cager, I'm going to say it's with a K. I'm going to go K A. G E R, nope. C A G E R. Oh, you're just—it's just, it's just my cage. Huh? It's just yeah. cage with an R at the end. Nice. Unfortunately, that's over one for Mason. He was now, Georgia, right? He went to University of Georgia. Dude, I have no clue. I didn't. I, I never even heard. I'm, I'm going to stat check that until after he we made finish it. the spelling bee. Belner, yours is a guy who is a little bit more prolific, with a lot of vowels in his name, and that is the Muth Pat Fryermuth. 
Can you spell Fryermuth? You don't want me to spell Pat first? Sure. P-A-T. <laughs> okay. Uh, Fryermuth. F-R-I-E-R. I feel like there's something weird right here before we get to the mooth. Uh, I'm spiraling. I feel it's like Pat Fryer. You're already wrong. Okay. You guys are horrible at this. F-R-E-I-E-R-M-U-T-H. That's correct. But All right, so I didn't really get it. Yeah, I got it wrong. Yeah, so you're both 0 for 1. The next guy came on the scene, his first game active, was a top 12 tight end. And that is Tegan Quatoriano for the Houston, Texas Texans. Mason, can you spell his first and last name? These tight ends are the death of me. Are you sure it's not Quentin Tarantino? It's it's Quizno. <laughs> um, say say his name one more time for me, Derek. Tegan Quatoriano. Tegan Quatoriano. Okay. Um, T. E-A-G-A-N. That's correct, his first name. Nice. Okay. Keep it going. Q-U-I-T-O-R-I-A-N-O. That is correct. Yo. He sounded it out like an elementary schooler, (laughs) and he got it. Let's go. Let's go. So we're going to give Belner a tough one as well. And that is a guy who finished in the top 12 for the Tennessee Titans. And that is Chigosium and Oconquo. (laughs) Can you spell either of those? Definitely not. Um, (laughs) C-H-I-Q-U. No. No. (laughs) All right. C-H-I-C? No, his first name is C-H-I-G. As All in right. uh, gorilla, uh, O Z I E M. Okay. And Okonkwo is O K O N K W O. I'll know it another, for next time. Another tight end who has finished in the top twelve. Uh, so O for two for Bel Belner, one for two for uh, for Mason. This is gonna be our final round. And it's going to be a tight end who finished in the top 12 for the Broncos at one point and then fell off the map because Dulcich. And that is Eric Saubert. All right, Can Eric. you spell Eric, his full name first and last? E-R-I-C. Okay. Eric. No. <laughs> <laughs> I, wanted you to, I, I wanted you to see if you'd overthink the first name. Yeah. So <laughs> last name. Saubert. Um, S-A-U. B-E-R-T. That is correct. Nice. Eric Saubert. I think I had him on one dynasty That team. clinches <laughs> the win. However, I'll give uh, Belner one to spell. One more time. <laughs> Jeff Swaim. Okay. Finished uh, as a top 12 tight end at one point. G-E-O-F-F. Jeff. Uh, yeah. Swaim. S-W-A-I-M. That's correct. You uh, got a moral I knew, victory I knew about here. My name is Jeff. The, trek, the tricky one was Jeff with a G. I had one more. It was Durham Smythe, but that was going to be a tiebreaker. D-U-R-H-A-M space S-M-Y-T-H-E. That's correct. Nice. 
Redemption. A little bit of Mason, redemption at the end Mason for Mason Wentz, <laughs> So I think that what underscores this, though, is that a bunch of irrelevant guys have finished in the top 12 at tight end throughout the year. And mm-hmm. if you don't have Kelsey, Andrews, I mean, shoot. Now every, like the only guys left are really Kelsey and now Schultz, Schultz. I guess. Yeah. Yeah, it's tough sliding. Trey McBride. And the way you guy lost Ertz, I'm like, yeah, it's I'm down bad. It is it is very tough if you lose a tight end. So let's get into our dogs and logs for week ten. We didn't pick Mason, any quarterbacks to talk about, but I just wanted yeah. to mention that Justin Fields went absolutely nuts again. Yep. And rounding out the top five was Mahomes, Tua, Hurts, and the 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 zombie the zombie Matt Ryan came back from the dead. Replace Sam Ellinger. I don't even think that was announced until like literally the game was starting, and they're like Matt Ryan starting. So thanks, Jeff Saturday. <laughs> yeah, very good for their pass catchers in comparison. And the injured Josh Allen also finished at sixth in in a quarterback. So all the worries were a little bit were were put to bed a little bit. Mm-hmm. But who do you have Mason this week? Uh, so from last week, our last week's dog, um, I got uh, CD Lamb who had a great game against Green Bay, uh, 15 targets, kind of had like a blow-up game, like you just weren't. We finally saw like greatness from CeeDee Lamb that everyone's been expecting, right? Um, you know, he had 15 targets, 11 catches, 150 yards, and two touchdowns. So really explosive game. Uh, finally got like a healthy Dak back That's looks like he's ready to roll. So, um, yeah, I, I'm a big – I just – Really love C.D. Lamb, so I'm happy to see him have an explosive game. Me too. You know, uh, I'm I'm actually a big C.D. believer. I know a lot of people, like, uh, with Dynasty Stakes, they haven't been so impressed with him because coming out of college, he looked like he was going to be, like, an extremely dominant wide receiver one. I still don't think that the dream's necessarily over. Um, Yeah, I think C.D. Lamb's an awesome player. He's in a good situation in Dallas, and – if I had him this season for the rest of the season, I'd be pretty excited, especially after this last game. But uh, my, my dog from this past week is Jeff Wilson Jr. Um, I know when we had Matt DeSorbo on the show, uh, we were talking about him a bit. And uh, I was saying that I, I thought that he could be this year's Rashad Penny. Um, when he got traded to Miami, I was ex- extremely excited about the landing spot. And uh, you look at um, his first week with the team in week nine, he had a 49% uh, snap share with nine carries for 51 yards, caught all three of his targets for 21 yards with a touchdown. And uh, he, he outsnapped him, uh, Moster, in his first game. Moster was only 47% snaps, um, had the same amount of carries and got a touchdown. But then this past week in week 10, uh, we saw Jeff Wilson jump all the way to 61% snaps. Uh, he had 17 carries for 119 yards and a rushing touchdown. Had five targets, only caught two of them, but he had uh, 24 receiving yards. And we saw Mostert's um, snap share go down to 28%. He only had eight carries, uh, very efficient for 65 yards, and he had a touchdown, which saved his uh, fantasy day. But um, I think the team thinks that Jeff Wilson is really the uh, 1A in the offense. I know people were saying it's a 50-50% timeshare most of the time, but you know, 61% of snaps for Jeff Wilson versus 28%. For Moster, that's that's pretty dominant, and um, they're going into the bye week this week. So, even if you enjoy these past two weeks, you have to watch them on the bench this week. But coming out of the bye week, they had the, an awesome matchup against Houston, 
So um, I think Jeff Wilson has league winning potential. Uh, I was offered a trade. I was offered Mike Evans for Jeff Wilson pretty much straight up today. And I ended up trading for Mike Evans and giving away Fournette and some other assets. But I couldn't, I couldn't do it for Jeff Wilson straight up, especially because I was a little weak at running back. But, um, you know, I'm extremely excited for him. Uh, and I think he is a starting running back moving forward the rest of the season. So if you picked him up on waivers, um, if he was dropped after CMC got to the team, I'd be very excited moving forward. So there's Belner's dog this week, Jeff Wilson. Other than Jeff Wilson in that top 10 this week at running back, we had Jonathan Taylor, Aaron Jones. Saquon Barkley, Dalvin Cook, James Conner. That looks like a lot like a leaderboard from 2021, if we're being honest. Mm -hmm. Followed by Wilson, then Pollard, Jacobs, Foreman, Mostert, McCaffrey, and Singletary. So if you went stud running back, it's finally starting to come around to paying off because uh, Jonathan Taylor was RB1 on the week, reclaiming his spot at the top. My guy is a, a wide receiver. I almost said his name when I said it. Um, Nick Westbrook Akina came out of absolutely nowhere mm -hmm. and put up a big week uh, for the Tennessee Titans. And I just wanted to highlight him because it's like a really funny statistic that uh, he is now higher in points per game than Robert Woods. And Nick Westbrook Akina has had four games where he scored zero points and played in the game. So I think that's pretty comical how bad the pass catching options in Tennessee have been that the projected wide receiver one is now behind Nick Westbrook Akine in points per game after like one game of over 20 for Nick. So good for him. Going into that game, he only scored 2.2 .2 points per game in half PPR. And so I think I don't think the market overreacted in any way. I didn't really see anybody go out and snag him for anything of value, maybe a mm -hmm. $0 ad somewhere. But in general, like good for the guy in, in real life because – he was doing nothing, and now he can hang his hat on that performance. Would you have any confidence whatsoever starting him tonight in like oh, zero. a flex pinch? Zero. Five weeks. Yeah, no. Nah, like I, I said, so I mean, th he had four zeros throughout the year. One of the well, three of those were the preceding three games before mm -hmm. this week when he had twenty six point four. So going off of sorry. after the bye. In week six, week seven, zero, week eight, zero, week nine, zero, week 10, 26.4. Jeez. <laughs> you're, say you're saying it was obviously a fluke game. And yeah. going off of that, I don't know how you guys are feeling, but I'm not fully confident that Christian Watson's going to be a thing for the rest of the season. Uh, I know a lot of people are really excited after last game with three touchdowns. But I know we're not video, but like you're talking and Mason just like unmuted himself like he's ready to jump in. <laughs> yeah, I'm not what do we have it. to say. I'm just I watching mean, his you, face and he's just yeah. like <laughs> Oh god, Christian Watson. But uh I put all my megalobal uh fab left on him. I didn't get him. Somebody else which means it can't be good. Him, if you didn't but... get him, he can't be good. Yeah. <laughs> in one of my yeah. leagues, somebody uh spent seventy five dollars on him. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, know, I don't know if he's going to be more than like just the, you know, deep ball. If he, if he catches it, gets a touchdown. I mean, obviously his quarterback is Aaron Rodgers and they need mm -hmm. pass catchers, but uh, you know, I, I like if I, if I had him and Lazard, I'm still starting Lazard and I, I've seen the narrative go the other way after that three touchdown game. And I don't think it's necessarily deserved. Plus Randall Cobb's probably going to come back and mm -hmm. take some targets. Like didn't he only have four catches and like three of them were touchdowns. Christian probably. Watson. So very, yeah. uh, 
very uh, Gabe Davis-esque game. Yeah, I don't know. It's risky. I needed a wide receiver, though, so I was trying to get him. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, at this point of the season, when you have an exciting rookie with a team that has a very good quarterback but no pass catchers, really, you, yeah, you have to pounce on it. But I think people might be jumping the gun a little bit on their expectations just after last game. Yeah, so, definitely. Eric, how are you feeling on that? Oh, man, I was trying to think of the guy's name, um, and I'm, like, trying to find it furiously on Twitter to find his handle. But uh, it's a guy who is, like, really good at analyzing – um, film like on the all 22 and I f- he's like big on YouTube but I just cannot figure out his name and so I'm getting frustrated but anyway <laughs> he was like go get him because the tape was good and so that kind of reassured me a little bit that like this might not be a huge fluke that he didn't mm-hmm. just get lucky like the film was indicating that the the plays were designed for him like that he was the first read and yeah. he looked good out there um, so I don't know, but at the same time, his production in college was pretty meh, and uh, you have to catch the ball, and I'm not totally confident in his hands, so yeah. he had He's that a one good game. Like, the, in that one touchdown, he had, like, an incredible over-the-shoulder, like, had to turn and catch it. I feel like it was the same thing when he just blatantly dropped a wide-open touchdown, mm-hmm. so I think it's just as likely that he embarrasses himself tonight. Yeah. Uh, obviously incredible athlete i would embarrass myself a hundred times more than he would but like all things being equal in the nfl field i don't think he uh has has he don't i don't think he has it yet yeah he reminds me of like one of those players i mean it's very early into his career like you know how some players they could do like like in basketball like they'll be able to do like a 360 dunk but they'll blow the open layups and uh i think he has the capabilities yeah pretty much (laughs) I think he has the capabilities of doing those freakish athletic things, but those drops, he even had one in the last game when he had the three touchdowns. So I'm tempering my expectations when I'm watching the game tonight. I don't have too many fantasy assets going or anything. All eyes are going to be on him tonight. I'm very interested to see how he follows up. And uh, if if he could put put together back-to-back really good games, then, uh, yeah, I understand the hype. But I'm uh, I'm a little pessimistic as of now. All right, so those were our dogs from week 10. Now we're going to move on to our logs. Uh, but before we do, I wanted to just mention that only six tight ends this week had over 10 p- half PPR points. And so that is uh, incredibly sad. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yikes. And one of them, I mean, one of them was Jawan Johnson, who I got lucky spot starting in a league. And uh, I don't anticipate that that's going to continue week in and week out. He now, looks pretty good, though. Yeah. He's getting targets, but, I mean, the Saints offense does not give me any confidence. But anyway, who do we got for our logs this week, boys? Yeah, I got Joshua Palmer, who pretty disappointingly, you know, had three catches for 44 yards on Sunday Night Football against the 49ers, which comes out to 5.9 half PPR points. Uh, I really thought Palmer was going to smash, especially with, you know, you got Keenan Allen hurt, you got um, Mike Williams hurt. And I think it's I think he's gonna bounce back next week against Kansas City. You know, I think one of you were talking about that as your, you know, game of the week. But, you know, this should be a high scoring game. But after next week, which I think, you know, Keenan Allen and Mike Williams are both practicing, I still think they'll probably sit one more week just to get healthy. We'll see. But I think you can get one more good week out of Josh Palmer. And then after that, I'm 
not sure. So if your trade deadline is this week, maybe see if you can flip them, you know, if you can, just for anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, you look at his targets the last three games, it's like 12, 10, and 8. Yeah. And then he's on the like field 10. for over 90% of snaps. So, and I like it. I know um, Derek's a big Carter guy, right? I mean, uh, yeah. I just think that he had the target potential and I mm-hmm. couldn't get Palmer. And so I was just yeah. hoping. No, that... I'm, not, I'm not saying that as a bad yeah. thing at all. I'm just wondering if. if but I just dropped him say... this week for Traylon Burks, hoping, hoping that uh, Burks comes on at the end because. Like you, like you mentioned about Palmer, like Keenan Allen and Mike Williams are waiting in the wings to come back. And so the value for Carter is now dropping. And, mm-hmm. the, and the potential value for Burks is on the rise. So, I mean, I'm going to manage it on a week-by-week basis. I don't think that everyone's going to be lining up out the door to pick up DeAndre Carter. So chances are, if I really need to, I can get him again. Mm-hmm. If, uh, if Williams and Keenan Allen aren't playing this week, who would you rather start between Carter and Palmer? I'm uh, I lean the Palmer side. Um, I mean, I, I still, know the last two games have been kind of Carter. I still lean Carter just because he's the slot guy, and I mean Herbert doesn't have that much time these days. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I mean his he's looking over the middle of the field, and now Everett's not going to be there potentially. So what else is left? I think both of them are fine. Yeah, they're both pretty close for me, too. I might just lean Palmer and hope he catches, like, a 75-yard touchdown or something. Mm-hmm. But I did want to mention, I found the guy that uh, talked about Christian Watson, and it was Brett Coleman who does the film room on YouTube. Nice. All right, Derek, who's your uh, who's your big stinky log of the week? My big stinky log this week uh, was Amari Cooper. And I bring him up not because he's been – bad he's been good that's why i wanted to talk about him because i think he's gone under the radar quite a bit where before the bye week uh they were coming out of the bye last week and before the bye he'd been top 36 for four weeks in a a row at the position with two top 12 finishes yeah he's been top 12 50 percent of the week so four out of eight times before that bye week and uh he's wide receiver 16 in points per game for uh receivers that have played four more games 18 if you include everybody, which also incre- includes Jalen Virgil, who uh, scored a decent amount in his first game. And it also includes, um, oh man, somebody, oh, Michael Thomas has a higher average, but he only played three games. So anyway, Cooper did not have a good game in week 10, but I am not particularly worried. I think he's going to bounce back. Uh, if they had kept that game in Buffalo like they had intended, I don't think he would have bounced back this week, but... They aren't playing in a dome now, which he's he's been used to playing in Dallas before this year. So I think he's going to have a pretty good game this week, even against a tough defense. Uh, he only scored 4.7 half PPR points in Week 10, but this should be a, a pretty good game for Amari Cooper, and I'm not afraid about starting him this week. Very nice. And uh, no surprise, we're talking about logs, and we have back-to-back Brown players. Uh, brown, <laughs> poop, you get it. <laughs> So my log is Kareem Hunt. Uh, You look at his snap percentages. They have been below 50% every game since week one. Um, His lowest came this past week at 36%, and he had six whole carries for a whopping nine yards. Uh, I'm talking out of complete frustration because I, I was pretty excited about him going into the year. Was even more excited at the trade deadline. Derek was excited. He's pointing at himself. Yeah, I'm pointing at myself too. I think I was the highest on him. Definitely. But who cares? Because 
the Browns aren't giving him the opportunities. I don't, maybe he lost a little bit of a step. He looks, he looks a little, uh, he looks like he might've put on a little bit of weight, uh, looks a little slow out there, but I think he's still Kareem Hunt. And if he was given the proper amount of targets, proper amount of carries, I think he would still be effective. But um, in his last four games, Hunt has yet to break 12 rushing yards, uh, except for one game. And then you look at this upcoming week and they're playing in Buffalo. Um, I know some people were kind of excited. Maybe it would be a running game if they were playing in Buffalo with the uh, 70 inches of snow and the uh, snow thunder situation going on. But, uh, you know, they're playing in Detroit and I'm not expecting much at all. Uh, I had a tough decision in a 14 team league because of bye weeks. And it was between AJ Dillon and uh, Kareem Hunt, which is very, very disgusting decision. And I'm going AJ Dillon tonight. Uh, I don't consider Kareem Hunt to be startable until you see him get usage that would warrant being, you know, giving him the opportunity to do anything other than fall into the end zone. So, yeah, Kareem Hunt, very, very disappointing season. Mason, what do you do with him in Dynasty right now? So I, sh- I, literally put a price on him for like any second. Like I will take any year second. And so somebody just sent me like a 2025 second for him. I was like, I will take that. Let's do it. I'm cool with that. Is he Um, 27? He's 27. 27, Yeah. He is a free agent next year, but I just don't know if anyone's going to pay a 27, eight year old running back. Like I think he's going to get like a Melvin Gordon type, like two year deal, 10 million or something like that. Right. Cause I mean, he's not getting mileage on him right now. No. So you look at some of the older guys in the league right now, and it's guys that have had their career in timeshares, and that's been him the last couple of years. I mean, Raheem Moster is like 30. Yeah, and if you have him like in redraft, you just have to hold him. Like if anything happens to Nick Chubb, like he Cream Hunt would be awesome mm-hmm. for like the exactly. stretch run, right? So unfortunately, you can't drop him. Uh, but yeah, in Dynasty, it kind of depends on your team. Like I'm cool taking a second for him, or if you just want to hold him and see where he goes next year, I think that's totally fine too. Speaking of uh, Melvin Gordon, it would kind of make sense for him to go to the Broncos while Javante's recovering next year. I could totally, I could see that happening him being yeah. like the bridge running back and then, you know, being used while Javante's coming back from that injury. So it'll be interesting to see where he ends up. Yeah. You know, Javante had a similar injury to uh, JK Dobbins. So I, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know if he'll be ready for the start of the year. I don't um, think so. It'll be really tough to be back on time. All right. Who wants to hear my rabbit pooper of the week? Everyone. I'd love to. Honestly, he's borderline just a pooper at this point. It's David Montgomery. And this is all in the context of the last 10 weeks and not what may be to come, which he kind of lucked out. Uh, But anyways, the good, the good news is he has been on the field for 66% or better snaps the last three weeks. And another good news for him, bad news for Khalil Herbert, is Khalil Herbert is on IR, which means David Montgomery is undisputed RB1 on that backfield now. The bad news, though, is that he's had no top 24 finishes in the last three weeks. And the thing is, those last three weeks have been by heavy. Being a top 24 running back is not that good. Like, if you're RB24 the last three weeks, that's not good. Because there haven't been that many options. And so, like, the RB24 is not even, like, a needle mover. And so he hasn't even cracked that. He's had less than 55 yards the last three weeks. Uh, He's had five receptions for 37 yards total the last three weeks. And he only has two touchdowns on the season. 
he's been barely startable until he got, I mean, bailed out by the Herbert injury. And now his prospects are actually pretty good. And I wouldn't mind trading for him right now because he should get the bell cow work uh, moving forward. But uh, his ceiling is capped by Justin Fields running. Uh, Fields has been scoring touchdowns on the ground. And so any touchdown that Fields scores is one less that David Montgomery can score. And so I would temper expectations more or less that he may not be that absolute league winner that he's been the last two years when he's kind of just gone nuts the end of the season. Is he a fitting pooper? It's definitely. So I was just I was reading some injury reports that were popping yeah. up. Um but you know, I think I think he is a very worthy pooper, but we're going to flush that poop with Khalil Herbert out. <laughs> I would be trying to trade him. I'm a dynasty stakeholder personally, and I'm very excited because I was getting nervous with, you know, Khalil Herbert's the younger back. Um he's gonna be a free agent, Montgomery. And I think this is the perfect showcase for him to, you know, I think I think he's an awesome talent personally. And I think he's going to show out yet again like he did last year to close out the year, win, win people some fantasy championships. And if it's not the Bears, I think he's going to, you know, get a lot of interest from other teams. So, uh, yeah, it's an exciting opportunity for him for sure. It definitely looks like he's going to ball out again, right? And mm -hmm. I'm just worried that Justin Fields is going to steal some attempts from him, you know. Like, yeah. But we'll see. See. I'm wondering if the, whole, yeah. the opportunities, you know, like even even though Justin Fields takes them away, the defensive attention that Fields draws because, you know, he's rushing for 170 yards some games. I wonder if that's going to just create some awesome opportunities for Monty because the defense is selling out for the run from Fields that, you know, when, when he does get the carry, then maybe maybe there's going to be better opportunities for him, some holes in the defense. You can hope. Mm -hmm. Our honorable mention, Rabbit Pooper, is Adam Thielen. For the Vikings, he has no wide receiver one weeks on the season. His top performance was 15.1 half PBR points. He has two touchdowns all season, which is his calling card. And uh, he's playing 90% or more of the snaps, and he's just getting poor production. So uh, he's been okay if you want like a wide receiver three flex option. Uh, but I mean, he's, he's done you no favors or contributed to you winning any weeks. He just kind of like n hasn't sunk you. So Adam Thielen is borderline the rabbit pooper of the week. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah. uh, before, yeah, go ahead, Joe. No, I was just going to say KJ Osborne got like 11 targets in the past game. So, uh, you know, it looks like th there is a chance that KJ Osborne, you know, fills that wide receiver two role and shifts Thielen to the wide receiver three role uh, to close out the year. But, you know, it's a one-game sample. Yeah. But, I mean, plus uh, they have Hawkinson now. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's very crowded. Our, our average Joe champion of the week, a guy that scored less than you and I sitting on our couches, was Jody Fortson for the Chiefs. He had one reception for six yards and then fumbled and lost it. So he ended up with negative .9 points on Sunday. And – uh the other guy I just want to throw in there, I actually feel bad making him this, but Amari Rogers botched another punt, lost two yeah. points, and then he got cut. So signed by Houston. Now he is – oh, did he get signed? Yeah, he got signed by Houston. I was going to say, now he is definitely the average Joe of the week because that means he was out of a job. Yeah. It's a bummer. <laughs> I really liked him out of Clemson. And mm -hmm. he just, you know, you can't, you can't fumble in this league, you know. You'll – You'll get you'll get cut like a Mario Rogers. So. Yep. No more yeah. kick returns for him. Yeah. 
Let's do some start sits from Twitter, from Joe's Twitter feed. A recap of last week, we were asked, Njoku or Schultz? We said Schultz, and uh, Njoku didn't play, so the answer was Schultz anyway. We mm-hmm. said Schultz. Damian Pierce or uh, Jalen Waddle? Waddle had 8.6. Pierce had 11.2. We said Waddle. It didn't really make a difference. Either one was fine. Uh, if Kyler was out, which he ended up being out, which I didn't anticipate totally, Daniel Jones or Jared Goff? Uh, Mason and I said Daniel Jones, Jared Goff for Beldner. Jones had 18, and uh, Goff had 14.84, so Jones was the play there. Jeff Wilson or Michael Pittman? We said Jeff Wilson. Wilson was the RB6 score. Pittman was the wide receiver 37, not so great, so we were right there. Pittman, Montgomery, Ayuk. This was one that we struggled a bit on. Uh, Montgomery for the floor was our pick, and Ayuk for the upside. Ayuk was wide receiver 36, Pittman 37, and Montgomery just did not do anything. He was one Mm -hmm. of our – he was the pooper of the week, the rabbit pooper of the week. So we were a bit wrong on there. Uh, Cordell Patterson or Damian Pierce, we had a a little lively debate here. Uh, I was very adamant that I would have picked Cordell Patterson. I'm going to stick to it because I'm a never Damian Piercer. Uh, He only had 2.5 points, though, and Pierce had 11.2, which is still like – not that good. Pretty good. <laughs> it's pretty, pretty good. It's definitely it's more. decent. Um, then Gerald Everett or Kyle Pitts. And uh, Gerald Everett got hurt, which kind of bailed out Kyle Pitts because Everett had 3.3, but then he got hurt. And Kyle Pitts uh, really ran away with it with 3.8. <laughs> and he was healthy. Oh, man, he's been bad. And then uh, last, uh, last four, Brady or Cousins. We said Brady. Cousins was QB 16, Brady was QB 17. They were literally separated by less than half a point, so that was a wash. Uh, Najee Harris or Jalen Warren, we said Harris. Harris was RB 22 with 9.9. Warren had 9.2, so it was not much difference between the two. Uh, Palmer or Devontae Smith, we said Palmer. He had 5.9 and was wide receiver, wide receiver 55. Smith had 10.9 and was wide receiver 29, but he lost 3.4 points on the last play of the game. With a lost fumble plus minus 14 yards, he would have been the wide receiver 17. So regardless of the fact we were wrong, but Smith should have had a better game. Mm -hmm. Uh, Then finally, a little fun one, Dante Pettis or Raheem Blackshear. So close. Uh, You said Pettis, Beldner. Mason and I said Blackshear. Blackshear had 3.2. Pettis had 2.2. So Mason and I took the victory. You could have lost by one point because of me. Yeah, it's true. There we go. Sorry, bud. You you picked you sided with the wrong Joe. It's true. So let's <laughs> let's fire away. What do we got for this week? All right, we're gonna kill it this week. Um, first question is from Elijah King. Which two are you starting between Joshua Palmer, Kadarius Tony, Ezekiel Elliott, Traylon Burks, and David Njoku? Um, I see a couple of names that we probably have questionable injuries going on. Like uh, with Njoku, I don't know if he's playing. Zeke, I'm not sure if he's playing either. Um, I think I would be going Josh Palmer and Kadarius Tony in that Sunday night matchup that I will be talking about later. What about you guys? Is it pick Want me two? to say the names again? Yeah. Yeah. So we have Palmer, Tony, Zeke, Burks, Najoku. So Zeke has come out and said pick? he's gonna he's gonna play. Oh, two. Yeah. Pick yeah. Pick two. two. Yeah, I, I go would Palmer go... and Tony. Yeah, I would lean that way too. If we get more clarity on Zeke, I would do Zeke Tony. Um, but until then, until he, until he gets a clear, like no injury designation, 
I would go Palmer and Tony. I actually got one from one of my friends. I'm going to ask. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. All right, pick two. This is for Eric Dubuque. Uh, Tyler Higby, Kyle Pitts, or Donovan Peoples-Jones, and I already told him how gross that is. Tyler Higby. Higby. Oh, pick two. Uh, Uh, Tyler Higby and DPJ. Yeah, yeah. Kyle Pitts. Yeah, I I said the same thing. It was going to be Higby and Pitts, but then that was before they moved the game to a dome because I would not have trusted Donovan Peoples-Jones in the snow. No. He doesn't like the snow. All right, next question is from Nicholas Tringali. I believe that's his last name. Uh, he is asking James Conner. <laughs> it might be. How is it spelled? I don't know my Italian too well, but uh, T-R-I-N-G-A-L-I. Oh, maybe it is Tringali. Yeah, I thought it was an E. We'll find out in the comments. But uh, he's asking James Conner or Rondale Moore in the flex. I'll be honest, I like both options. Uh, Rondale looked good, whether it's Colt McCoy or Kyler Murray. But I would slightly lean James Conner just because, I, you know, he had two touchdowns last week. We saw how many touchdowns he had last year. Maybe it's a trend um, that's going to keep happening rest of the season. So uh, for the touchdown upside, I would be going James Conner. Same. Uh, I don't know. I just really like Rondell Moore. Maybe I'm just higher than too. everybody else. But he's only got like – I mean, he's got eight or more targets in mm-hmm. – five out of his seven games since he's he played this year so 13 last week yeah 13 yeah, yeah he's been really good and it was just really promising with colt mccoy at qb and if kyler doesn't play again like i think you got two really good options but I like, i'd I like, like to say barring injury you can't go wrong yeah i think i think both will score over eight fantasy points which is kind of like a threshold for me obviously you'd like more but um, all right, next question is from your boy Jay. Uh, he's asking Justin Herbert or Joe Burrow, one point per 10 passing yards, six point passing touchdowns. That is pretty That's a difficult. lot of points. That's a lot. That is, that's going to that, be a lot of points. We've got a lot of points on the table. So yeah, let's think this one. Remind through. me who the Bengals play. Bengals play Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. I, would, I would go Joe Burrow. Um, you know, without Jamar, I don't – it doesn't feel the same. But, uh, you know, you still have T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, Hayden Hurst. You have Joe Mixon, who's looked good. Obviously, he went crazy the last game. Um, I would lean Joe Burrow um, until Justin Herbert gets all of his receiving options back. Hmm. I'm going to go Herbert because they're going to need to throw it against the Chiefs. And uh, the Bengals, if everything goes according to plan, are not going to have to try very hard. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going to go Herbert as well. And I know he hasn't been well or hasn't been doing that great as of late, but Burrow has been pretty average without Jamar Chase. So Average Joe of the week? He's the average Joe, Joe Burrow? Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like Joe Burrow could absolutely destroy, but... I will say, if you're deciding between Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert, then uh, you need to find a harder league. (laughs) Or you totally mismanaged your draft. (laughs) All right, next question is uh, Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen? No, I'm kidding. Uh, We have a question (laughs) from Ronnie. Uh, Ronnie is asking, Josh Palmer or Drake London? A lot of Josh Palmer questions. Um, Due to the offenses, I would be going Josh Palmer. Even though I like seeing that Drake London touchdown. 
Yeah, I'm fine with Palmer. I mean, if I'm going to go Herbert, I kind of got to double down on his weapons, right? Mm-hmm. All right, next question. Uh, this one's pretty good. Uh, football guy's asking Darius Slayton or Van Jefferson. Uh, I would be going Slayton. Slayton's been really good. Yeah, I'm going Slayton. Yeah. Yeah, ride the hot, ride the fire. Van Jefferson like hasn't Slayton, done enough. Yeah, Slayton's not getting the respect he deserves for you know everyone was hot and bothered about Wandale. I mean, doesn't he do uh, this like every year where he has a stretch of like three absolute dominant games and then he just disappears until next let's, year? Let's give him the credit while the hot hand is there though, mm-hmm. until it gets cold, because he's been he's been really good. Yeah. All right, we have a defensive question: um, Jets defense or 49ers defense? Uh, Jets play the Patriots and the 49ers. Who, who do your 49ers play? They Mason. play the Cardinals on Monday Night yeah. Football, potentially against Colt McCoy. Give me that. Give me that Sauce Gardner defense. I'd be going Jets. The Jets are causing turnovers. Matt, Mac Jones is not perfect. Um, it's in New England. It's probably gonna be cold. I'll take the Jets. Bias. Give me my Niners. Let's go. All right. Next question is from Luke. He's asking uh, last flex spot. So only one, uh, Tyler Higby, Kadarius Tony, or Pacheco. Um, I think that the that's Tony for me. Tony for me as well. Yep. But uh, I think I think we might be nearing that uh, that breakout game for Pacheco. It definitely could happen this week. Yep. Um, I don't think Jarek McKinnon's necessarily going away, uh, but it's nice to see Clyde Edwards-Helaire is gone because you, you guys know that. I think that was a bold take of mine that he would fall out of the top. I don't know if it was top 25 or top 30. You but, know, week one through three, I was feeling pretty down that I traded Antonio Gibson in a second for CEH in a fourth, but I think I made out okay. Yeah, Gibson looks nice. I'm ex- Yeah, he, he should have – I think they're playing Houston, so he should have a good week. But uh, all right, next question is from Patrick Allen. No, this one has to be a joke. He's asking Diggs or Peoples-Jones. Uh, <laughs> Diggs. Maybe because um, of the snowstorm. Oh, I mean, yeah, but they're both in the snowstorm. <laughs> oh, you're right. Yeah. Depends uh, what side of the field. I'm going to go with Peoples Jones. There we go. <laughs> Listen to us for fantasy advice. Uh, I answered this one. I answered those. All right. Let's do one more. So this one is. He wants. He wanted to let us know to keep up the great work. Uh, this is from David. Thank you. Thanks, David. Appreciate David. you. We're nearing episode twenty. This is episode nineteen. So uh, if you stuck with us, we appreciate you. But uh, David's asking Deontay Foreman, Kadarius Tony, Gabe Davis, or Alan Lazard in the flex. So this is probably the hardest question we've got, in my opinion. So I'll repeat it again. It's Foreman, Tony, Gabe Davis, or Lazard. So I'm gonna go with Tony. Just keep. I just think he's gonna get more involved. Keep, yeah, for the Chiefs. Yeah, I'm very high on Tony this week. Oh, also, this is a flex. Um, yeah, yeah, it is a flex. I mean, Foreman. This... I don't like the matchup, so I'll I'll exclude him from this. But I'm starting him in leagues anyway. All right, riddle me this. These are some good options to decide between. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna go out on a limb and say his lineup is pretty good at running back and wide receiver. So Probably. if I want to win the matchup. From my flex, I'm going to pick Gabe Davis. And I'm going to try to be different, and we'll see how this pans out. I'm going to go Alan Lazard. 
like I was saying, I, you know, a lot of people are saying that Christian Watson um, is going to be the wide receiver one moving forward. I think this week, uh, Alan Lazard's going to be pretty dominant and uh, it's going to, it's going to be his game tonight rather than Christian Watson. Yeah. So, you got to yeah, well, go tell him that in the next hour. Yeah. And I love, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm about to slide into the DMs. Mason, but, uh, what did you pick? Did you oh, pick Tony? I picked Tony. Yeah. All right. We're all okay. No consensus there. And I do, I do like both options that you guys picked as well. We're, stay, we're staking, we're so staking our territory. Hundred percent. I mean, who would have thought I would be taking Gabe Davis? Gabe Davis is that perfect, you know, risk it to get the biscuit or get two points. So I like it. And if they were playing in the snow game, he would be a bad option just based on his play style. But now that they're playing in Detroit, he's as good as any other week for to get the huge touchdown. So. Um, speaking of matchups, let's talk about our matchups of the week. I'll go first. Uh, it's kind of rained on my parade a little bit because I was super excited to see a massive snowball game, uh, reminiscent of the Eagles when they played the Lions in Philadelphia. And uh, LaShawn McCoy went off for 217 yards and two touchdowns. I was ready for Chubb and Singletary to feast out there in the snow. Um, but, I mean, I've been seeing all the memes. If it would have been as much snow as they said, they wouldn't have been able to see over it. So they did move the game to Detroit. I don't know if that line's going to change. I think it'll probably go up. It was over under 42 with the the Bills by eight. Um, as a football fan, this is still going to be an interesting game to watch because it's essentially on a neutral field now. I don't know how many Buffalo and Cleveland fans are going to be making last-minute travel plans to go watch a game in Detroit, Michigan. Who knows? I, I think I saw the Bills are playing on Thanksgiving in Detroit. People, yeah. I mean, those Bills Mafia might just make this a whole five-day party. That's what I would, would do if I were a fanatic. Just change your booking, go to Detroit early, watch the game on Sunday, drink a bunch of beer, watch the game on Thursday for Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. and then uh, limp your way home after a five-day bender of football and uh, holidays. But yeah, anyway, get, get I get the I'm, snow off your cars when you get yeah. home. Oh my gosh! Yeah, your 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 roof's caved in by the time you get home. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know what the fans are going to be like at this game. If it's going to be like a packed crowd, or if it's just kind of going to be a little quiet game of Bills versus Browns in Detroit. Who if knows? If I was a Detroit fan, I would be stoked that we're getting the Bills because yeah, they're they're uh, all all their sports teams aren't very good and they haven't been very good for a while. So I'd be I'd be pretty stoked to get to see Josh Allen play. So if I if I was a Detroit native, I would be buying tickets to this. I mean, game. how do they even manage those tickets? They refund the people in Buffalo? Like, do they keep your t- – they honor your ticket? Who knows? Yeah, I know That's a lot a of betters. logistical nightmare. Yeah, a lot of people that bet are really pissed because they took the under in the game expecting oh, yeah. the, the weather. So And plus the, the under was probably already pretty low like artificially from the snow forecast. So Exactly. Yeah, I wonder if they'll just – I don't know, refund those bets. Who knows? Probably not. Uh, but I mean, all the, all the, I mean, all the position guys that you would usually start, you're going to start because now it's in a dome. So no weather factors for that matchup of the week for me. Mm-hmm. What do you guys got? Uh, so my matchup is Kansas city chiefs uh, at Los Angeles chargers. Um, you know, you're going to, you're going to be starting Patrick Mahomes every single week. Uh, his receiving options are actually kind of interesting this week because um, 
I know McCall Hardman was just placed on the IR. Um, MVS has been sick, but he returned to practice, so I think he's playing. Um, we're extremely excited about Kadarius Toney. Uh, Travis Kelsey is going to get his every week. And then I was saying Isaiah Pacheco, this could be the game where we see a little bit of a breakout. I'm not necessarily forcing him into my lineup. You know, I'm not, like if, if I had Damian Pierce, for instance, I'm still starting Damian Pierce over Pacheco. Um, that's kind of like the threshold I'll use. But, um, you know, he he's, seems extremely flex worthy. And because of bye weeks, if he's your RB2 for the week, I wouldn't feel bad about it at all. Um, yeah, Kadarius Tony, I think is going to – this might be a game where we see how how awesome of a fit he is in this offense. He's super athletic. We saw a preview of it last game, but I expect his snaps to be way up this week. And Patrick Mahomes is going to need him, so I'm, I'm very excited to watch that. On the other side of the ball, um, like I said before, Justin Herbert, uh, his, without Mike Williams and Keenan Allen, it's hard to – you know, expect those humongous games that we got used to uh, last year. But I still think he's going to be a startable asset. Uh, I would say he has top five upside, but definitely inside the top 10 for me. Um, if I'm not expecting Allen or Mike Williams to play, so you have DeAndre Carter and Josh Palmer, I would definitely flex either. I uh, feel pretty confident about it. Uh, like I said, I like Palmer a little bit more than Carter. I don't know what's going on with Gerald Everett because he got hurt last game. Um, do you got, do either of you guys know how his practice reports have been? No, I, didn't I have, have two questions for you. Yeah. What's up? You don't think either Mike Williams or Keenan Allen plays? I don't. And my second question is, was this game flexed to Sunday night or did the yes. Chargers really have two Sunday night games scheduled in a row? Uh, that is a good question. Um, I would not have the answer to that one. Mason, <laughs> no, Mason do you have any knowledge? Rhetorical Something question. Got- Something got flexed. I don't it know if it to was have. that game, but yeah. yeah, it must have been. Maybe it was like the Raiders Broncos game. They were like, nah, get that out of here. Um, yeah, Everett's been limited at practice. Uh, he he did practice on Wednesday in a limited fashion. He's suffering from a groin injury right now. So I don't All know right. Well, hopefully, hopefully he's feeling a little bit better. Um, if, you know, if he's playing, I'm very fine starting him with uh, the amount of pass catchers and how the, the tight end position really is. In general, it's hard to it's hard to have much better options, but uh, yeah, no, it's, I think it's like a fifty-one over under. Uh, the Chiefs are favored by six points. Um, I think I think this is going to be a really good game, and uh, could have been a better game given if all the pass catchers were healthy on both teams. But uh, yeah, no, this is going to be a really great Sunday Sunday night matchup to watch. I can't watch. I can't wait to watch uh, Mahomes versus Herbert. So. Yeah, I'm 99% sure Mike Williams won't play. I think mm-hmm. Keenan Allen has a chance to play, but you think he he'll be say, limited? I wish I thought of that before I dropped DeAndre Carter for Traylon Burks. Yeah, I think because uh, now I'm starting Ben Skoranek. <laughs> well, Keenan Allen said that he wasn't going to play until he was 100% right. healthy. Yeah. So they kind of, I mean, I guess, I mean, they might be conceding defeat there, but they they kind of need to win this game. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I don't know. I also I looked it up. They replaced the Bengals Steelers game, which was originally scheduled for Sunday night this week with the Chiefs Chargers. Probably gotcha. a good decision. Yeah, we're getting spoiled. I love it. <laughs> All right. My uh my game of the week is the Dallas Cowboys at the Minnesota Vikings. The Cowboys are actually favored by one and a half. What is that game. about? You know, I don't know. It's in Minnesota. It is. Maybe they're just, I mean, 
Vikings have been playing pretty well. They've had a lot of close games, though, so maybe that's why. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're just Vegas isn't believing in the Vikings, or maybe the bets have started. People have been betting heavily on people the Cowboys. People bet on the Cowboys. Yeah. <clears throat> so I'm not sure on that one, but um, this is going to be one of the exciting afternoon games. I'm going to be really tuning into this one, especially after the how the Vikings have been doing um, the crazy Bills game last week. But uh, yeah, it's uh, going to be it's looking like a high scoring game. The over under is 47 and a half. I think this is a great opportunity for the Vikings if they can win this game. They can really like show it, tell you know, show everybody like, hey, like we're the real real deal. And they'll be nine and one. Uh, you know, for both quarterbacks, you know, Prescott and Cousins, high scoring game should be great for both of them. Uh, for running backs, obviously, if you got Dalvin Cook, you're playing him. Uh, Zeke Elliott said he's going to play this week. Uh, we'll see how that works out because last week, you know, Jerry Jones said Zeke was going to play and he didn't play. So <laughs> we'll see what happens there. Um, if Zeke doesn't play, Tony Pollard's a top five option this week at running back. He's mm-hmm. absolutely been killing it. Um, we talked about Thielen earlier. He really hasn't done much. And now with Hawkinson in town, you know, there's just going to be, um, you know, less targets to go around there. So, uh, obviously, Justin Jefferson's been awesome. That's probably the best catch I've ever seen. Like, the yeah, Odell, that was crazy. The Odell catch was cool, but, like, I just got home on Sunday, and I turned the game on, and I saw that catch, and I was like, oh, my God. That no, is I'm going to be real crazy. with you. Uh, based on situation and also the absolute bonkers nature of it, as yeah. much as I hate to admit this because I'm a hater, Julian <laughs> Edelman's catch was the best catch. Yes. I don't think that you can argue that. It was a double catch. Yeah. Like, it just defied everything that made any sense. Like, he grabbed it like grass fibers from the ground. Yeah. I remember I when I was, every second of it. <laughs> I remember being a kid and watching the David Tyree helmet cash and thinking that was the most unbelievable yeah. thing that I've watched in the game. But, yeah, no, that Edelman catch was sick. And Justin Jefferson's catch, that, like, they would have lost the game if it wasn't for that. And yeah, he just he literally pulled it away with one hand. Right? Yeah. yeah, he pulled he it away. Shows how strong he is, too, because the defender had it with both hands. He reached up with one mm-hmm. hand and pulled it away. Those skinny, thought, strong guys are deceiving. Man, yeah, that was something. Um, what was it? Actually, another one that was unreal, though, was I don't think it counted. Not be, I think there was a penalty or something. When DeAndre Hopkins like caught it with one hand against his butt. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember that. <laughs> yeah. It was nasty. Oh man. Uh but let's see. Yeah. For the Cowboys, like I'm I'm cool with Michael Gallup if you wanted to throw him in your lineup. Uh obviously CD Lamb's coming off his best best career game. But for tight end position, Hawkinson has a great matchup against the Cowboys defense. They're kind of the bottom third against tight ends. Uh, Schultz, on the other hand, he's been having, he's been doing really good the past couple weeks, but he's got a tough matchup against the Vikings defense. Uh, but I would still play him. Tight ends are pretty much a landscape, uh, there, but yeah, this should be a good afternoon game. I'm excited to watch Cowboys and Vikings. Me too. And, uh, this looks like one of the better games to me. Uh, great defenses, great offenses. So, uh, It'll, it'll, to me, it'll really come down to which Kirk Cousins we're getting because he's going to have to be on his A game. All righty. Those are our matchups of the week. Now we're going to do our dynasty drop in before we wrap up the show. 
My question for the group for Dynasty Drop-In is, we talked about him a little bit earlier, but what is A.J. Dillon's future value? Yeah, I, I put some notes in our show doc, but Aaron Jones has an out in his contract. Um, mm. He's got $7 million of roster bonus due if he's on the roster by March 17th. And so I think it kind of just depends on the status of the Packers, right? Like if they miss the playoffs and Rodgers is unhappy, like maybe they need to go sign a big free agent, you know, player. I could see them moving on from Aaron Jones. Like it would cause, you know, uh, several million in dead cap, but they would actually free up like 12 million in cap space to go get somebody else. And that would be a big boost for Aaron, uh, for AJ Dillon. And I think it just kind of depends on what the Packers think of, of AJ Dillon. I still think uh, he's a buy candidate. You know, he was a second round running back taken. Right. So, you know, I would, if you're a rebuilding team, I would try to go get AJ Dillon because Aaron Jones can't keep doing what he's doing forever. He's very talented, but mm -hmm. there's definitely some options for they, they, the Packers put that in Aaron Jones contract to give them some flexibility. Right. I really just I, don't understand like what's gone wrong for AJ Dillon this year. Last mm -hmm. year he out rushed, like he had more attempts than Aaron Jones. And I mean, his, their stats were like very similar and now it's like, they just got away from that. It is weird. I, it's been it's been hard for me to put my finger on also because um, similar to like ha how we're seeing the success of Ramondre Stevenson because I'm I'm picking Stevenson because you know he's just such a huge dude and like, there's not there's not too many people in the NFL that are like Derrick Henry esque like you have like Foreman who who's built kind of similarly right. AJ Dillon's a huge guy just he like Ramondre Stevenson ball, right he can yeah. catch the ball I could kind of see him. If he's given the reins next year, I could see him having like a Ramondre Stevenson like year overseeing from Ramondre this year. And I think he's only 24 years old. Um, this year, it's very head scratching because even when you watch him play, he, he, he doesn't look good. But then you see him last year and he looked, he looked unbelievable with his opportunities. So I don't know if there's an injury going on. Um, I don't know if maybe just the, the game plan, the game script isn't fitting his skill set. Uh, but um, in terms of dynasty, because we're looking past this year, I, I would definitely consider him a buy low. Yeah, he was um, RB24 last year, and I know the Packers have had some injuries. Like, I think Bakhtiari's playing tonight. Um, mm -hmm. I think he's he always was, in and out. Yeah, so I, I, that, that also plays into it. And Rodgers really hasn't been sharp, and maybe with the receivers, you know, with Adams leaving, I think, you know, I'd have to look at the data. I'm not sure if defenses are, like, more stacked in the box, but, yeah, it's – I'm actually shocked looking at this that Dylan only has 20 fewer rushing attempts than age Aaron Aaron Jones. Wow! It feels like so many less. Yeah, Aaron uh, Jones. Is I mean, really that's good. two per game. Yeah, I need a less. I need a big game from Dylan tonight. Yeah, I mean, Dylan has 454 yards rushing, 4.1 a carry, but the thing is, he only has one touchdown total on the year. Uh, he's done nothing much during in the air. He's only has 16 receptions for 99. Versus Aaron Jones has 34 for 228 and three touchdowns. So I think in a lot of ways, if, if Dylan had like five touchdowns, we'd feel a lot better about him. Mm -hmm. But he hasn't. He's no uh, Jamal yeah. Williams. That, that literally hits the hammer on the head. Uh, it's just the touchdowns because that was the hope in drafting him this year. You know, like, of course, he's a high-end handcuff if something happened to Aaron Jones. But we were really hoping for that bowling ball at the goal line. First of all, the offense has sucked. So the touchdowns have been down. 
but then you know he just he just hasn't been really given that many uh opportunities to score touchdowns and a lot of them have gone to Aaron Jones when the opportunity's there so yeah that's a good point all right, my next question for y'all, we kind of alluded to it, but where do we stand on Antonio Gibson long-term in Dynasty? Yeah, he's, an, he's going to be an unrestricted free agent in 2024, so he's got at least one more year with the Commanders. And somebody tweeted it out. I'm sorry I don't have the tweet for reference, but you know, I think Brian Robinson has been like one of the least efficient running backs in football, right? Oh, yeah, that's so, all over the place. Yeah, so... Uh, you know, I still really like Antonio Gibson. He's the best running back they have. I just hope they use him like he is, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Um, he's not someone I'm like dying to get on my teams, but, um, it'll, it'll really come down to a situation once his contract's up or, uh, I, I don't know if Washington's ever going to be the place where he thrives, but, uh, to close out the year, I think I, I'd like to see what the snap percentages are like for the two uh, in the remaining games. Cause uh, if he could, it's, it really comes down to Ron Rivera and you know, the, the team and they seem to love Brian Robinson, even when he's not efficient. So if they continue to throw him out there, then it's going to be tough for Antonio Gibson to do what I think he's capable of doing. But yeah, if he, if he were to really dominate the snaps and opportunities, then I think he, he could be really, really good. Yeah, if I'm a contender and I need a running back, I'd probably be okay, like, sending a second for him. But mm-hmm. I just don't – I think whoever has him, like, won't sell him for that also. Who would you yeah, rather – I mean, I kind of – like, running backs are so thin. You kind of need him yeah. now if you're right. competing. Who would you rather start for this week's matchup between uh, Brian Robinson and Antonio Gibson? Gibson. Me too. Yeah. Gibson and I'm, I don't know if JD McKissick is back from injury. Too. It doesn't seem that, like it. Okay, I don't think so. so. Yeah, the, yeah, the passing so. upside for Gibson is like way better than Robinson right now. And I found I think what you're looking at, uh, Mason. At least uh, this is the where I saw it was Jeff Crisco on Twitter said uh, we have a new least efficient RB. He's been kicking around the bottom, but he finally has enough touches to qualify. Welcome B Rob. He is 38th out of 38 in uh yards per touch at 3.21 yards per touch and that is uh half a yard over half a yard lower than the 37th place running back who is guess no Hmm. who is really inefficient inefficient and is losing snaps to an undrafted rookie come on why do I feel like I'm blanking so hard? Najee Harris. Oh, okay. Yeah, with Jalen Warren. <laughs> yeah. That was, that, that was a pretty easy layup right there. Yeah, Kareem Hunt is 34th out of 38. Yeah. So, my last question for the, the team is, well, I mean, we haven't talked about him much because he's kind of just been, like, okay and had a few decent games, but what is Jerry Judy's value at this point? Because coming into the year, people were really high – on Jerry Judy's dynasty value and probably wouldn't have even have parted for him or parted with him for a first in 2023. Uh, so now that we're a, a 10 games in or 10 weeks in, what would you trade? What would you trade Jerry Judy for if you had him? I right now I would take any first round receiver in next year's draft, like mm-hmm. first round rookie you know, receiver in next year's draft over Jerry Judy, regardless of where they go, I would 
I would let him go for a second. Um, but if if you still believe in the talent and you still like Jerry Judy, because I mean, you guys you guys saw that that tweet I sent you both about like when all their snaps. Yeah, when he's on the field with Sutton, he's better. Yes, mm-hmm. he is better than Sutton when they're both lined up. Um, so that's interesting, and I think if if Nathaniel Hackett can figure it out, I think Jerry Judy will be great. Will be will be good when he's healthy. But I, you know, I don't know. I'm I'm like waiting for the Broncos to move <laughs> on so that like the, the offense could just like be itself and like do good with Russell Wilson. Uh, but I mean, yeah, you think I'm, Jerry Judy's holding back the Broncos' offense? <laughs> nah, Nathaniel Hackett. <laughs> oh, I was going to. I thought you meant because they were gonna. They had him on. Like they said that they were listening to trades for him. I just don't. Why? Yeah, like, I, mean, team, I think they were curious about blowing need it up. Guy. Yeah, yeah. I think they were trying to blow it up a little. Yeah, bit. let's blow it up with no first rounders and uh, mm-hmm. Russell Wilson locked in at like two hundred million dollars. The Hackett way makes a lot of sense. <laughs> but looking yeah. at Judy, because I know I know none of us were too too high on him going into this year. Um. He's only had under 50 yards in two games other than the game where he just got hurt. Uh, you know, week one, he had 102 yards. Um, seemed like the last two games he was really coming into his own before the injury. Um, he had seven catches for 96 yards and then six catches for 63 yards. And he's only 23 years old. Um, if I had him on my dynasty team, I would, I would have some trouble trading him for a second. I think I'd personally rather hold on. Um, it would have to be a very, very guaranteed, like early top top three picks in the second round for me to consider it. But uh, I'm not, I'm not fully out on him being 23 years old. Um, I think he I think he has displayed talent and uh, just health and situation has been really really difficult to start his career. That I don't think all of his problems are his fault. Yeah, he's another one like Gibson where it's like, yeah, a second is probably his value. But if you have Jerry Judy, you're probably like. I don't want to get get rid of him for a second. Like, I'd exactly. Yeah. See what he's gonna do. Uh, there is I'm some. Gonna, oh, oh. Is, I was gonna say I'm gonna pull some Judy? receipts here from our consensus yeah. rankings before the season. Uh, Joe Belner had Jerry Judy at 24. Uh, I was significantly lower at wide receiver 50, <laughs> and uh, Mason had him at 40. Nice. Yeah, so I lied. I, w- I was pretty high on him. Yeah, you were pretty. You had him as a top twenty-four option. <laughs> yeah, I was also high on Russell Wilson. So and that Sutton, was, that was like, let's see, yeah. you had Sutton at eleven, right? Yeah, eleven. Mason had him at eight. Okay, eight. I had him at nineteen. Which the funny yeah. thing is, like yeah, Corlin Sutton right. could very realistically finish as like wide receiver nineteen total points, and it's gonna feel really gross. Totally. <laughs> so just some. Breaking news that just happened. I don't know if you guys have been checking your phone, but DeAndre uh-huh. Hopkins did not practice today with a hamstring injury. And if you remember, last year he had a really bad hamstring injury. And so, and it, it popped up this late. I'm just kind of nervous now. I'm like, wow. And I just traded him in two of my, fa- in my dynasty leagues where one of them I was contending and the other one I'm not contending. And I moved him in my contending league because I was like, all right. Let, let me get some value for him at least. Because what if he, you know, he's, he's 30. So mm-hmm. I just wanted to move on from him and get something. I mean, it's him. also Thursday and they play Monday. So hopefully that's a fake injury that they made up to just give him more rest. Hamstring's tough, though. I do not want to hear this. 
Yeah. So I saw that pop up. Just wanted to throw that out there. If you guys Rondale Moore to the moon. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, that's tough. Especially with Where's these he, older oh, receivers. Field so. Yates just tweeted it. Yeah, these older receivers like Keenan Allen's thirty. His hamstring injury's been bugging him all year, but hopefully he's just like Derek said. He's getting some time off. Hopefully it's a little sore. Nothing. Nothing too big, but mm-hmm. we'll see. Something to monitor. You know what? You know what really that just sucks. Killed my mood tonight. Yeah, what sucks besides that is uh, in a league where my bench, our benches are pretty shallow and we don't have an IR, um, I had to drop Marquise Brown when things were looking really tough with injuries. And just him coming back, you know, he, he might be back Monday night, definitely after this game, I would say. It, it's It's been hurting me a lot. So you didn't get <laughs> so him I back? Just to, I had to get it off my chest. You, he's on. you couldn't get him back? No, nah, I'm the first place team, so things have been working out. But the second place team was able to scoop him, so it's just it's something that's been on my mind. I had to talk about it. I don't feel better at all, but I'm glad that you guys were here to hear, here to listen. So thank you, because oh. it feels brutal. Well, we're just ending the show on a sad note for me, because <laughs> I'm trying to make the playoffs in Dynasty, and now I'm like, do I just blow the whole thing up? You have Hopkins, yeah, and uh, Kyler and Ertz. Ooh, ooh. But also have your, CMC have first, and Barkley. I have your first round pick. Yeah, you do. So, I mean, it's, okay. it's, it should still <laughs> tank, be in the middle Tank, round. tank, tank, tank. All right. Uh, no, I'll be trading for first. Anyway, <laughs> that's going to do it for our show today. It's episode 19. Next week will be episode 20. That's Woo. exciting. I can't believe we've been doing this th- that long. Thanks again for listening to the Almost Sunday Fantasy Football Podcast. Find us on Twitter. Send us your start sit questions. We'll answer them. If we didn't get to them, Hit Joe up on Twitter. He'll answer them. And uh, we will hear from, you'll hear from us next week. Have a good week 11. Let's lock in those playoffs. Let's climb our way back up. We'll see you then.